COVID taught us a very tough lesson that no country is safe, regardless their level of economic development. But the conditions of developed and developing countries are still very different. Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Tons. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at the urgent need to invest much more in healthcare. Hundreds of millions of people globally have little or no access to essential health services. Improving their well-being is vital to support economic growth and to help to achieve the sustainable development goals. But for many countries, there's just not enough money to build up the medical facilities, supplies and staff that their people need. These issues have become even more pressing with the COVID-19 pandemic and the cost of living crisis exposing vulnerabilities. UNCTAD's World Investment Report says at least $100 billion in extra healthcare investment is needed every year in developing countries alone. Well, where will that money come from? And can we succeed in ensuring greater and fairer access to healthcare? Well, to answer all these questions and more is Bruno Casella, an economist at UNCTAD working on international investment and sustainable development. In previous lives, he was a mathematician and executive consultant. Bruno is passionate about numbers, multinationals and playing football. Well, thank you for joining us today, Bruno. Thank you, Sarah. Why is healthcare treatment so important? And how do the needs differ between developed and developing countries? A streetwise person would uh, answer to this question. When there is health, there is everything. Interestingly, the popular sweet wisdom has a counterpart here in economic data and analysis. So in our uh, World Investment Report, and uh, also in our UNCTAD SDG Monitor, we have been tracking uh, for quite some years now investment into SDGs. Uh, more sustainable, sustainable development goals, of course, yes. And uh, so more specifically, we have been looking at the uh, number of international uh, investment projects in, in SDG sectors. Now, uh, if you look at the trend uh, of uh, investment uh, in sustainable development goals uh, since the uh, start of the 2030 agenda, so we are talking about uh, 2015, you see that they have been growing. They haven't been growing fast enough, and that's a massive challenge. There was just one year when they dramatically fell. And guess what? It was 2020. It was exactly during the pandemic. They went down 30%. If we want to achieve the SDG by 2030, we need to find for developing countries additional 4 trillion investment per year from now to 2030. Now that implies a massive acceleration in investments into SDGs. So from that perspective, the world cannot afford a disruption in investment to SDGs like the one we have experienced during COVID. Another COVID would mean giving up with any hope to rescue the SDGs. So that's why investment in health is very important. COVID taught us a very tough lesson that no country is safe regardless their level of economic development. 
and I'm originally from Milan. So Milan has been in, the, in Europe one of the epicenters of the COVID outbreak. The Italian healthcare system, which is by many dimensions one of the best in the world, was just collapsing. You could hear doctors saying they could have saved much more lives under different circumstances. This is a shocking statement for us in the developed world. But now my question is, as shocking as it was, it was an emergency, confined in some sense in time and space. But there are every day in the south of the world, There are countries where still in the sub-Saharan Africa, one in 100 women die by complications connected to maternity. So if we go beyond the cold numbers, one in 100 is shocking. COVID made the world a little bit more similar in terms of how we can cope and our vulnerability to health crisis. But the conditions of developed and developing countries still very different. In poorest sub-Saharan countries, per capita expenditure in healthcare per, per, per year is $20. That means that each person consumes $20 of healthcare service per year. Uh, the average uh, of developed economies is $5,000. So that gives you the staggering difference. The amount of extra funding needing for developing countries is staggering, as you said. But if that money were to appear every year, that 100 billion US dollars, how and where would it make a real difference? Let me start by giving you uh, bad news, that the problem is much bigger than the 100 billion dollars. Because 100 billion dollars, which is one of our uh, latest analyses, refers to the funding of physical assets that are what we call CAPEX. That means a land, building, machinery, technology. So it's a part of what is needed. So one is healthcare facilities. The other is medical equipment. And then you have a logistic infrastructure. Very often in developing countries, a problem of urban area. There are the, the facilities, but they are outdated. And of course, nowadays, not all the healthcare delivery needs to be uh, done uh, physically. There are many options that, for example, telemedicine offers. But even there, you need investment infrastructure in, in digital connectivity, in power connectivity, in data center. And then you need uh, also uh, to invest, for example, in uh, laboratories where you analyze the, the sample of blood and, and stuff like that. So this is uh, the first uh, category of expenditures that, that, that you would need to do. The second is medical equipment. Remember what was the most uh, important and most uh, demanded life-saving asset during COVID? It was ventilators like many other things, for, for example, MRI machine, uh, magnetic resonance that is very important uh, to detect disease or to monitor the progress of diseases. The third category is logistic infrastructure, ambulances, helicopters, to really reach all uh, areas. But these are the three uh, main uh, categories where we would need to spend uh, the 100 billion if we had them. And here we, we get to the other big component of, of the missing investment. You need to fill in um, the, the hospital that you build with doctors and nurses. That's not capital expenditure, it's called operational expenditures, but it's an, at least another 150 billion. 
for developing countries. And the patients in hospital, they consume medicaments, which are very expensive. That's at least another 90 billion. So we have calculated it all together. If we put together everything, so the, the capital expenditure, the operational expenditure part is 400 billion dollars that are needed every year in developing countries alone. With multiple crises hitting the world right now, how can we hope to raise that kind of money that you're talking about for healthcare, though? This is, uh, I think, the 100 or 400 billion uh, question. Developing countries have two problems. They don't have enough money to spend in public services. The second problem is that the poorest one, especially the LDCs, they don't have indigenous uh, uh, private capital that they can tap in. At least a big part of the solution must come from outside, from international capital. But even there, we have a problem because even developed economies, they now have very tight budgets. So it must come mainly from uh, international capital that is private. Technically, that's called uh, foreign direct investment. Unfortunately, it's not so easy because uh, investment in healthcare requires a lot of capital. So it exposes to quite a lot of risks. When, when you invest a lot upfront, you, you are also exposed to risks. We, we calculated that the first uh, biggest 5,000 multinational, non-financial multinational, they have cash holding, meaning money that can use right away of eight trillion. It's, it's, there is a lot of money that can be spent, but right now that money is dormant. So we need to find a way to wake it up and to channel where it's needed most uh, and uh, in the most beneficial area, which is uh, SDG sectors in developing countries. And how to do that? There is no secret recipe. And I think that multilateral organizations like UNCTAD must play a role in that, in stimulating this capital to go where it's needed. So both uh, uh, international investment policies and national investment policies, they should be A, conducive to an open environment for capital flows and be geared towards those uh, areas like SDGs uh, that are more beneficial. The solution must be cooked in multilateral kitchen. So we cannot leave this to each developing country to sort out because, as we said, they just don't have the ammunition to target uh, the goal. It needs to be cooked in multilateral and regional uh, and regional form. So it's, it's a problem. It's everybody's problem. You need to package it in such a way that they attract investors. So, for example, uh, through risk-sharing agreement between the public and the private to public-private partnerships to project financing type of package. So we need to be flexible and creative in thinking what's the best way to attract this private capital in healthcare. And finally, we need that all uh, uh, relevant stakeholders are fully aligned. Thank you so much, Bruno. You, Let's leave it there for today. That was UNCTAD's Bruno Casella, who was this week's guest. Tune into the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. And there's even more on our website, unctad.org. 
I'm Sarah Thomas in Geneva. Goodbye for now.